Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick. And I'm Chelsea McLaughlin. And we're getting straight into it today because we have a jam-packed show. So coming up, Victoria Beckham has made some pretty divisive comments about bodies and what is sexy right now in her new fashion line. We're going to get into that, and I think some people might think our thoughts are unexpected, (laughs) but, you know, we'll teaser for later. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. As part of its 2022 upfronts, the presentations by major networks to preview upcoming content and plans so the advertiser media can be across that, Disney has announced a wave of local Australian content plans for its streaming service, Disney+. Plus. So, the nine Australian originals include three scripted dramas, four documentaries and two factual series. So, just to pull out some of the most headline-grabbing projects... So firstly, Rove McManus will return to TV as host of a reality competition called What's Your Toy Story? Great pun. It will feature teams of kids and grown-ups competing to, quote, bring their own toy stories to life. In the drama stakes, there will be an eight-episode series called The Clearing, inspired by the real-life Australian cult The Family, starring major local talent including Teresa Palmer, Miranda Otto and Guy Pearce. Miranda Tapsell is working as part of a writing team for a show based on two characters from Charles Dickens' Oliver Twist, and Jesse Spencer, Rada Mitchell and Deborah Malman will star in a dramedy set in Perth, which I have to say has the most fascinating premise, so I'm going to read what Disney have described it as. So it's called The Last Days of the Space Age, and it follows three families amid the backdrop of a series of events including the 1979 power strike, the Miss Universe pageant and the crash landing of the space station Skylab on the city's outskirts. And finally, there are two super exciting docu-series to look out for showcasing Australia's incredible wealth of women's sports. So the first one is about the Matildas as they journey towards next year's FIFA Women's World Cup. And the second is called Fearless. It follows the rise of the AFL Women's Competition and looks at the journeys and sacrifices of its athletes. So obviously this announcement comes off the back of some major investment from all the other streaming services like Stan, Binge, Prime Video. And obviously we love to see this much investment in local talent. All right, so a major investigation that we need to get into. (laughs) There have been a lot of headlines swirling around this week that the new Bachelor for, you know, the new series that's coming Mm -hmm. up on Channel 10, don't know if you've ever heard of it. Somewhat familiar. Lots of girls, a guy, weird things happen, roses, et cetera, et cetera. So a few days ago, news broke via the Daily Mail, so grain of salt, (laughs) but, you know, we'll still talk about it. And the headline said, The Bachelor revealed Melbourne basketballer Felix von Hoff enjoys a date with a stunning blonde as Felix 
filming gets underway for the new series. So this was accompanied by a huge amount of pictures of Felix and a blonde lady playing some sort of sporting situation. Mm -hmm. And they went on to say in the article that these photos had been taken while Felix had been announced as the new Bachelor and that he was busy enjoying dates on the Gold Coast from Monday. They also wanted to say, I love Daily Mail descriptions, the 27-year-old who stands a whopping six foot five is from East Melbourne and plays for the Melbourne Tigers. Again, a sporting situation. So the date, Chelsea, and this is where we kind of got our first clue. I mean, there's a lot of clues here. This Mm -hmm. might not be real, but the date itself just seemed very staged. And so the pair played a boisterous game of football with Felix amorously tackling his date from behind. At one stage, oh, I know, it's a bit sexy. At one stage, Felix presented the beaming beauty a rose and she was delighted. Felix had rushed across the grass. I feel like I'm reading a children's story now, (laughs) but with a weird edge. Felix had rushed across the grass to give the blonde the red flower and she laughed with glee after receiving it. Obviously, we know the Daily Mail, when they get these photos in, they have a certain amount of words and sentences Uh and adjectives that they have to use in there. That's a true fact about what they have to do for their stories. They've obviously tried to broaden it out. But what we have is a whole series of this Felix guy on what seems like a very lame Bachelor date. Mm -hmm. So a few things here why it's not true. One is that we're fairly sure The Bachelor isn't actually up to this stage of filming these dates yet from what we've kind of pieced together from behind the scenes info. Also, The Bachelor is like notoriously super private and secretive as much as they can be with this sort of information. Like they always book people on different flights using Mm -hmm. fake names. Mm -hmm. They have people at very kind of obscure locations. I don't think they'd be at some random park in the Gold Coast, you know what I mean, where anyone can see and walk past playing a game. And it seems like a quite an intimate one-on-one date, which would suggest they were quite far along in the series. So nothing about that makes sense. And then, Chelsea, we kind of zoomed in on the rose in these pictures, Uh which I think is the final nail in the coffin that he's not the bachelor. It is not a bachelor rose. It is droopy. It is like open. (laughs) The bachelor roses are so perfect. They're created in a lab by special scientists. Yeah, exactly. So that's stunt rose. It's just not it. And then things get even more interesting because then a second story comes out also from the Daily Mail. So again, just a grain of salt there. And the headline read, exclusive. Is this the next Bachelor? So little Felix has been like pushed to the side. Poor Felix. In favour of, and this cannot be a real job, transformation coach Thomas Maselli, who is tipped to be Channel 10's new suitor as filming begins on the Gold Coast. So according to the Daily Mail, the season has started filming on the Gold Coast and they're saying it's this new guy, Thomas, who is a former restaurant manager from Sydney who has spent the last five years working as a fitness and life coach, questionable. life coach situation. Love to hear what that actually entails. So according to the publication, the 35-year-old was spotted filming scenes on the Gold Coast last week ahead of production officially kicking off on Monday. And here's the little kicker that a lot of people are saying, well, this is why it's definitely true. And it's not that big of a piece of proof, but he's got 11,500 followers on Instagram, but his social media account has just been switched to private, which we know is Ah. a requirement for all cast members Mm -hmm. as they go onto the show. Mm -hmm. So I guess the question is, has he switched it to private because he is indeed the new transformational coach bachelor? Or has he just got like a weird influx of people DMing him about these paparazzi shots that were taken and he's trying to protect his privacy? He's too busy helping people live their lives, question mark, 
And he's like, I don't have time to answer all your DMs about if I'm The Bachelor. Like, I'm a busy man. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people are now saying that potentially they're doing a bit of a Becky Ellie situation, which notoriously did Mm -hmm. not work well in the past Mm -hmm. for The Bachelorette because ratings for The Bachelor were so low last year and everyone was kind of looking like they're going to have to really pull some kind of magic trick out of the bag to kind of get these ratings up and go with someone super unexpected. So when we see these two kind of just like generic looking, lovely, I'm sure, generic looking white tall guys who you know what I mean like it seems like they've kind of gone back to that blandness factor Becky and Ellie were sisters yes so there was that novelty but these men could be brothers right they look the same nondescript one's a silver fox which we in the office thought was quite sexy Mm. yeah he's 35 at a silver fox we love that it's hard to kind of think this is real because like I said one we know they're not this far along in the filming schedule from the information we have it's very rare that they would have these dates being filmed out in the public eye where anyone could see and they would be giving away the identity of one of the contestants who would seemingly make it all the way through. Mm-hmm. The rose is subpar and not to standard. And from your investigation, uh-huh. are there a few key players just Ooh. not there? You know, it's been a busy week for me and my very serious <laughs> yeah. investigative journalism. So, yes, crucial to The Bachelor is our good friend Osha. Mm-hmm. And Osha is not in Queensland. Unless Osha is involved in some conspiracy, he's also in on the joke. You know, I've stalked his Instagram. Sure. Which I do feel Not even for work, just in general, Yeah, not for work. This is just, you know, a big fan. And he posted a video yesterday about voting in the election. Right. Early voting. And in the background, got out my little magnifying glass, he's walking past, like, political signs for candidates in Wentworth in Sydney. Right. So he's not on the Gold Coast where filming's happening. Exactly. He's not on the Gold Coast. He's still in Sydney unless he has planned this in advance and he's in on the joke. Unless he's voting early because he's heading down because filming is starting. Mm. Yeah. Like I said, I don't believe these two are The Bachelor. Like, obviously, I'm happy to be wrong if it comes out they are. And Channel 10 has just refusing to comment or deny, which is also interesting that neither of these men have come out and denied Uh it. All right. Well, we'll be on the lookout for more clues. And if we do figure out who The Bachelor is, our thousands of listeners will be the first people we secretly tell. Victoria Beckham is busy promoting her new capsule collection of shapewear and bodycon fashion pieces called VB Body. Very creative. She has done a long-form interview with Grazia to promote this with comments she made about body image sparking the most headlines. So she talked about her family quarantining in Miami, Florida during the pandemic and said that the environment really informed her changing attitudes. So to quote her directly, she said, There are a lot of really curvy women in Miami and they really own it, you know? They walk along Miami Beach with not a lot of clothes on and they look fantastic. They show their bodies off with such confidence. I found both their attitude and their style really liberating. And as a mother, I loved that Harper was around women who were really celebrating their curves and enjoying how they look. She then said the quote that has been plastered on homepages across the internet. It's an old-fashioned attitude, wanting to be really thin, she said. I think women today want to look healthy and curvy. They want to have some boobs and a bum. This is particularly interesting to me because, you know, over multiple decades, there's been almost like a mythology around Victoria Beckham's body. You know, that's problematic in and of itself, but her body is so intertwined with her personal brand And I was genuinely surprised to hear her change her tune a little bit, although it does feel like she's very late to the party. 
fashionably late, yes. considering where we're at with sort of body positivity and body neutrality and all those movements. Yeah, like you said, there is a lot to unpack here. And I'm, I think the kind of lowest hanging fruit and what a lot of people would expect us to say is just call her out for mm. using this type of mm. language and also for any kind of positioning of that one particular body yeah. is more in fashion with the other. Because as we know, like everyone has a different body and your body shouldn't be in trend at some point. And exactly. you have to change your body for a different fashion trend is super problematic. And it's so interesting that the filters that this would have gone through Mm. from Victoria Beckham's whole team, both the team around her business and her publicity team, the team around Grazia, I'm sure that they really thought that the framing of this article was very empowering and positive and would show a new light around Victoria Beckham for someone whose ideology doesn't fit into the modern conversation pretty much. So like Mm -hmm. when they kind of starting the article, they've talked about it being a beautiful sunny day in her London office and Victoria Beckham is holding her immaculately manicured hands in front of her, Mm -hmm. gesturing as if she was stroking and squeezing a football or perhaps a giant peach. So I think they're trying to make her seem very glamorous. But then they get into this wildly problematic language where she says every woman wants a nice round curvy bottom, right? And then goes on to say that she's designed her dresses which she calls sucky, sucky dresses, which is a term. I mean, we're not fashion people, no offence. No, no (laughs) offence taken. So I don't know if that's a widely used industry term, but what she's saying is that she's designed her new collection to celebrate the curves of women and real bodies after everyone's come out of COVID. Now, I understand why in her mind she thinks that's super empowering, but it's almost like we've talked about this on The Spill before when people slip, like they have mm. obviously been given a script of like this is what it's acceptable to say in the public eye mm. and this is how you have to behave. And she's obviously tried to speak to that script, but she's so far ingrained in toxic diet culture and slim is better and this is what you should look like that it kind of filters through her words as she's talking. So she's talking about seeing curvy women in Miami and how important that is mm-hmm. and then saying it's a really old-fashioned attitude wanting to be thin. I think women today want to look healthy and curvy. So already like that's quite problematic because she's associating health with not being super skinny, something that she's been called out for over the years. So I understand there's a layer of that for her there. But she's also saying like there's a particular way to be curvy. Like what she's saying is like I don't want anyone to be plus size is that women should have that kind of straight up and down figure, flat stomach. Thin, you know, but have done yeah, some squats. Exactly. Yeah. A little bit of a butt, really high perky boobs that sit up in her dresses. And so she's like saying the curvier you are, the better my VB body dresses look. Yeah. Although I'm sure they only go to an 18 yeah, and so a small 18, right? So a 14, 16. I don't want to talk about her as a person, but I have an issue with that particular quote. Oh, yeah. Because... When you go on to this Phoebe body collection online and you scroll through the photos, she can say that, but it's not reflected in the images. Every single image is like a straight-sized kind of traditional model and there's no other body shapes represented and that sort of thing. So she can say the words, but it's talking the talk but not walking the walk, basically. So she's co-opting language around body Mm -hmm. positivity and body inclusivity because she knows it'll make a better headline and a better article and therefore hopefully improve sales for her site, but not doing any of the work to push away that ingrained notion that being thinner is better. And it's complicated too, because you know that she's lived her life under this kind of real pressure 
culture of diet culture. And like, she's not completely blameless. Like, I think she is one of those people in the public eye who has really leaned into the mythology that if you really want to be truly beautiful and stylish, Mm -hmm. you won't eat and you'll be very restrictive and you'll always look very thin. And that's been reflected in her fashion brand. It's been reflected in the models she uses and the photo shoots she does and the celebrities that she chooses to dress. Mm -hmm. So I'm really against this movement that we have at the moment of celebrities leaning into a particular idea of inclusivity just so they can have a very top line branding, but not doing any of the work behind the scenes and not even doing it on purpose. Like in her mind, she's probably thinking like, wow, what a role model I am to say that being thin is out of fashion which I don't think thin shaming and fat shaming are the same thing. Like they're weighted differently, but mm-hmm. you're still telling a whole group of women, exactly. women that their bodies are out of fashion. Exactly. And then also saying that this is the healthier, more fashionable look while not actually doing anything with your brand to change that. Mm. There's an interesting part in there where she talks about her own sort of progress in terms of embracing weight training, which is something that she for years was, quote, scared of. And so I think on an individual level, it's quite interesting and almost like nice to see progress in her own sort of personal development in that way. But it's when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, when you look at it from a business side, that's when it gets a bit murky. She's never gone as far as pulling on Kate Moss and saying, you know, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. But she has perpetuated that over the years, talking about her own restrictive food intake. And notoriously, like for a lot of time, and this is when I do feel bad for her, like, you know, she was taken much more seriously by the fashion industry. Well, one, when David Beckett pulled her company out of bankruptcy, and, Mm -hmm. and that's a whole other story. But she was also taken a lot more seriously when she did lose some weight, which I think then is why she kind of lent into that stereotype so much. And there were times when when people were on Victoria Beckham watch. So anyone who was in a restaurant with her, on a plane with her notoriously, anyone who worked with her were always sending in all these tips and stories and photos to magazines because everyone was trying to catch her out not eating and she quite lent into it. So the idea that she would go to a restaurant and only ordered like one particular type of steamed vegetable or people saying they'd been on 10, 15 hour flights with her and they'd watch her the whole time to see if she would eat and she'd only notoriously sip green tea. Mm. But because we looked at food and bodies a different way then, it was almost seen like goddess-like, like, oh, she's so controlled and so fabulous Mm -hmm. and so wonderful. And then that interview came out with David Beckham Let yeah, Slip. That was earlier this year, I believe, where he said that basically throughout their relationship, they've been together for a very long 23 time. 23 years, she says in this article. Years, it's cute. She has a little cackle saying, they thought it wouldn't last. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, that is cute that you're still together, but also that is cute. wildly problematic. Yeah, so he said that basically she ate grilled fish and steamed vegetables every day. And one time they were out at a restaurant and she wanted to try something off his plate and he thought that was just like the most incredible thing. And that story was everywhere. It was on every homepage on the internet. It was like discussed on every radio show. It was like seen as like a, oh my God, joke, basically. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many different layers to that, the disordered eating almost. Like there's a lot of layers to that, but it's indicative of the mythology of her body, as I was saying before. Yeah, exactly. Which, again, not to defend her, but she's been praised for that thin body and she's been praised for the mythology around her eating for so many years. And then when that veneer drops, like I'm sure when David was telling that story, he saw that as super endearing and this beautiful memory he has of the one time he and his wife ate together because that shows what the world they live in and what their circles are like and what the fashion entertainment industry is like, Mm -hmm. that that's seen as adorable. But when you take that filter off and that 
goes out to the rest of the world and that shows to us that they're living in this world where food is like the complete enemy. Anyone who's not thin is the enemy. And it reminded me of Kim Kardashian talking at the Met Gala because her world is like that as well. And so when she was telling that story of not eating for weeks and exercising and dropping weight so quickly, in her mind she's like, this is mythology around me because we always praise weight loss and thin bodies. Mm -hmm. But when that comes out to the rest of the world, it's like a real slap in the face because we know how dangerous that is. Yeah, they don't see the context of the wider conversations and the fact that these are still conversations happening on every magazine cover and in every profile. So they see it in an individual sense where we see it with the entire context of every other profile that we read every other week. Yeah, exactly. So I think the kind of takeaway from this is like Victoria Beckham herself is not the enemy. She's very much Mm -hmm. a product of the system, not that she's blameless in this, but I think it's maybe a little step forward that people have seen this profile and a few years ago it would have been seen as very stylish and compelling and she probably would have gotten a huge round of applause but now we're seeing how problematic that is so even though she's co-opting a movement for her own business ventures it's not all bad and we'll link the full profile in our show notes you can have a read of it all and make up your own mind Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. This episode of The Spill was produced by myself, Laura Brodnick and Gia Moylan with audio production by Rhiannon Mooney. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. This podcast was made by Mamma Mia, the only women's media company in Australia. If you want to support women's media, we'd love it if you became a Mamma Mia subscriber. There's a link in the show notes.